It's time once again for another episode of the Buckhead Business Show. Being brought to you by the Buckhead Business Association. Broadcasting live from the Pro Business Channel Studios in Atlanta. And now, here's your host for today's episode. Well, good day, good day. We're here in Buckhead again, and it's one of those beautiful days. And if we had a Chamber of Commerce, we'd call it a Chamber of Commerce Day. But I'm Michael Moore here on the Buckhead Business Show on the Pro Business Channel. We've got Rich back on the controls and the boards today. We've had a great morning. We've got some great guests for you today. We've got a pretty full show. We've got a little bit of information. I like one of these names, the Care Patrol. I think that's going to be a lot of fun to learn about. And we've got the Center for Mindfulness represented here today. And we've got a special part of that show because we're going to talk about what it takes to be on a TED Talk. Mm-hmm. We've, got a, we've got a celebrity with us today. So without further ado, as we uh, talk about the Buckhead Business Show, of course, the Buckhead Business Association helps sponsor this show for the benefit of those in business in and around Buckhead. As we say, if you live here, if you work here, if you even love it here or play here, We'd like to have you in Buckhead to have a little bit more fun. So we'll talk about the association during a break. But right now, let's get right into it. I'm excited. Uh, Victoria, the Care Patrol. Go ahead and tell me what a Care Patrol is, and then we'll talk a little bit about you. Thank you, Michael. Um, Care Patrol is a senior referral and placement agency. We help families find assisted living, memory care, independent living, and in-home care. And we are, um, we exist to really help find safe and quality care for seniors in our area. We help the families navigate what is often a very complex process of figuring out, you know, where, what is the, the right care that we should get for mom or dad in the area. Well, I bet your, quote, caseload is increasing rapidly as some of us get a little older, right? That is absolutely correct. That is that is correct. Well, yes. you're filling a very special niche in the market as we uh, as we do. I know you probably work with a lot of insurance agents. You probably work with a lot of family groups, attorneys. How do you communicate with all those people? Yes. So you're right. We do work with uh, insurance agencies or uh, elder care attorneys, um, but our primary source for referrals, as we call them, or um, people who need our services come from the social workers, the case managers, the discharge planners in hospitals and skilled rehab facilities in our area. That's that's our primary source for um, contacts with families. So it's unfortunate. I guess these people do not have a, the, the wherewithal in the advance to figure out what kind of help and care they're going to need. So when they come out of a, a change of life situation, I guess is the way you refer to it as, uh, they, they need help. Well, that's true, Michael. It, and part of it is most of us don't plan for a health um, episode like right. a heart attack or stroke. Or oh, I'm, not, I'm not planning on a heart attack. What about you, Mitch? <laughs> <laughs> I've been talking this week on stress, but boy, I, I'm not, certainly not planning on You don't have that on your calendar reminder? Yeah. No, let me look into the no, – no, not, not there, not there. So when it happens, oftentimes, you know, mom or dad, you know, land in hospital and then the family is told that they can no longer, it is no longer safe for them to return home and live independently. And they need, or if they are going home to live independently, they need some assistance with what we call the activities of daily living, help with bathing, dressing, grooming, transportation, help with managing medications and things of that nature. So... 
most families just find it very um, taxing and daunting and stressful to figure out what is the right level of care. What what is the right care? What are the right care options for? my mom or my dad. And that's where we can provide a lot of guidance and assistance in figuring that out with the families. Well, and you're right. There's a whole lot of denial in that process that you're never going to need those services and people don't explore those in advance. And of course, I think, quite frankly, if you wouldn't mind, talk about how much uh, the services available have changed. I mm-hmm. mean, I, I'd never heard of a home health care nurse 10 years ago or 15 yes. years ago, but yes. I guess I'm finding more and more folks are that choosing it as a profession. It's one of our new professions, I guess. Absolutely. And that's a good thing because most people, most seniors, do better and would prefer to live in their own home, in their own environment. And with the um, explosion of home health care options, that many of them are able to do that. Of course, there are quite a few who aren't able to do that, and that's where assisted living uh, options come into play or uh, in the case of uh, someone who has uh, dementia or Alzheimer's, you know, clearly that is uh, a disease that makes it almost impossible to live independently. Um, and so in that case, you know, oftentimes we recommend either uh, them moving into an assisted living community or in a memory care mm-hmm. community so that they can get their, get the need, get, get their care needs taken care of. Well, you touched on a fact there again, same, same story when you think about the difference between an extended care facility and a memory care dedicated facility. There's so many different options. Absolutely. Now, how do you begin to, as we would say, parse those opportunities and I know you've got a lot of experience you can and we'll talk a little bit later about how you came into this industry but mm-hmm. you know what are the what are the sources of information to get some pre-education yeah, before yeah. you have to call you up and say hey yeah. I don't know how to do this life thing anymore and my, yeah. and my mother certainly doesn't know how to do it <laughs> well you know Michael one of the things I wanted to to mention during my time here is uh, to really speak to the the business community and to business owners in particular, because there there there's tons of information out there from MetLife to AARP that have done numer- numerous studies about the impact of um, caregiving on on businesses and on um, um, uh, workers. You know, we know that. Um, American businesses can lose somewhere around $34 billion, and that's b- b- billion that's with, with a B, B, B uh, each year due to employees needing to care for a loved one that's 50 years of age or older. So one of the things that we offer is a program that can really help employers improve their bottom line, and that is by making available information to employees that they can go online and they can research different um, aspects of aging for their loved ones. They can look at the different options that are out there. And then they also have access to speak directly with, with an advisor like myself if, if, if they need a little more guidance. But this information would be available for employers to offer to their employees. And we would be happy to um, sit down with any business that gives us a call at 404-583-1231. <laughs> to talk to them about how we can implement that program into their company. Um, aside from that, we are available to speak with families. We we typically will go and do an assessment. Uh, that assessment looks at the seniors' um, medical needs, their social needs, and their financial ability to pay for care. 
And then based on that assessment, we then recommend certain options to the family for them to consider. And of course, our services go beyond that. We actually, if if it's a situation where we are recommending assisted living, we actually go out with the families, we tour the families to the recommended assisted living communities, uh, and we really just walk through that process from start to finish with the families. And what is incredible about that, uh, Michael, is our services are at no cost to the families. Wow. Well, I know the other side of the program is a high cost, so that, I'm sure that every family appreciates that. Now, circling back as we as we begin to wrap up the segment, how did you get involved in this industry? What what was your key indicator? You look like you're about thirty nine, so you're not <laughs> you're not in the not in the category for needing these services. So what what caused you to seek all this information and get involved? Because I understand you've not so recently, but you've built building over the last years and really building up a repertoire of information and providing services. So yeah. talk about that a little bit. Well, um, I started my career. You know, 15 years ago uh, at the age of 18. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> That's right. The math uh, just works kidding, for 39. Just okay, kidding. good deal. Uh, but I started my career in, in corporate America. I um, worked in um, sales and marketing for c- uh, consumer products companies like Procter & Gamble and uh, the Pillsbury Company. And when I decided to exit the corporate world, I wanted to, I wanted to get into business for myself. I wanted to be an entrepreneur. And um, I owned a business in Ohio, where I was living at the time, and uh, ran that business for a number of years, uh, made an exit from that business uh, during the downturn in the economy back in the late you know, I, th- two, I think 2000s. we all slipped out some doors during the downturn. Yes, yes. And uh, eventually transitioned into this industry, mm-hmm. primarily because I have um, parents that are older, and I've be- I became acutely aware of the challenges of aging parents and trying to figure out, you know, how to help them uh, find the right care and, and, and to get the care they need. Um, and realizing as a baby boomer that um, – my generation, we are, you the, the know, sandwich group, we are we the sandwich it, right? group. Uh, we are, <clears throat> you know, pursuing careers, but we're also, t- you know, challenged to help our parents and then also help our children. And that that there's there there's we need help. We need help figuring out what what are our options? What well, are the available options that are out there? Now, one more time. How do how do they get in touch with you, the expert on yes, care? Yes, yes. So um, my company is Care Patrol of Metro Atlanta. My phone number is 404-583-1231. And my office is here in Buckhead. Right. Well, we're, we're certainly glad to have you. Now, Rich, you, you didn't plan for a heart attack, but are you planning on getting old? <laughs> Um, people have told me that, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Depends upon the day. I did have a quick question. I don't know if I have time for this now, but your business model, because we're on the mm-hmm. Pro Business Channel. So uh, your services are free So um, uh, in terms of consulting with those people. Mm-hmm. But I like that idea about the challenges businesses are having because they're being stressed, uh, overtaxed, if you will, on uh, their family members. And while they're at work, they're, they're, you know, uh, they're, they're worried about them and they have to make, break out early or leave early to go deal with an emergency, right? Absolutely. So, so kind of a two-part question, yeah. but what is, how does your business model work? Yeah. So our business model, we are all, um, Care Patrol is a franchise model. Right. So we're all independently owned and operated franchisees. Right. And we 
when I say we don't uh, charge families for our services, right. we are paid by our network of providers. Right. So the, the, the program we have that we, we would love to introduce to the businesses to help yeah. their employees, again, it's a, it's a free service. It, it becomes part of their employee assistance program if they choose to, oper- you know, to offer that to their employees. And what we would do is come in and talk to the business owner or their head of HR about this program and get them enrolled in the program and teach and train their employees on how to access the information that we make available. We may need to have you back on Franchise Business Radio. We talked to Pam about having you as a guest because uh, we're running a little bit short on time right now, but we do want to kind of delve into what does that program look like? Is it a seminar or workshop? Is it ongoing? And uh, so that's our teaser for the Franchise Business Radio show. So stand by for that one. (laughs) So, well, thank you for being with us, Victoria. And uh, certainly the the folks can look out. I'm I'm, I'm excited about the Cure Patrol because I know that we can, uh, through the Buckhead Business Association, providing information to not only our people who work in the insurance industry, but also just uh, everybody from our chiropractors to our dental people, all the folks need to know about you existing because you're going to get that question. Absolutely. Well, and again, being brought to you by the Buckhead Business Association, my name is Michael Moore. It's good to be with you this morning. We've got some great guests in the studio. We're going to talk to Angela in just a moment, who is uh, the mindful part of our show today that will take us start, start paying attention. And so we'll get it. So let's roll in now to Angela Buttermer, who is uh, the mindful queen, and also she's going to share a little bit of us about share a little bit with us about being on TEDx because that's an experience that a lot of people won't get to have, but they need to know the experience of you and your husband when you did a run up to uh, to a recent TEDx. So, Angela, talk to us a little bit about being mindful because obviously taking care of our parents is a situation we all be looking for. Absolutely. I was listening to Carol and and what she was saying, and I just thought, what a nice dovetail today um, in what we both do. And I think practicing mindfulness is is a great strategy for stress reduction, stress management. A lot of people don't understand what mindfulness is, so to demystify that, it's really just being um, present in this moment, present moment awareness. And we say that the point of power is always in the present moment, and that's where we get our best wisdom, our best clarity. Well, as the people are certainly evaluating uh, the day as we go through the busy world, as I share with you, I was doing something on stress this weekend. It's amazing how we don't think about the different angles. So I know that you're very proud of the Mindful Mojo product. Yes. So talk to us a little bit about how, how we can personally improve our mindfulness. Absolutely. So the first thing as a mindfulness speaker and teacher I um, get my clients to do is to set a morning ritual. I ask people, what do you do first thing in the morning? Do you slam the alarm down, grab your coffee, and run out the door? <laughs> a <Ooh>. check. <laughs> oh, that was the wrong answer? Yeah. Oh, no, that's not the recommended <laughs> that's, that's not the recommended That's the one. opposite of mindful mojo. Oh, okay, yeah. So I'm the unmindful guy, yeah. Yeah. So to set a morning ritual, you know, to do some contemplative practice, I get up around 5, 5.30 in order to get it all done to meditate, do some uh, reading, motivational material, maybe do some gratitude practice, things like that, to really set the tone for your day. I think that's the the starting point, to be intentional about how you want to show up in your day. How are you going to move through that day? Well, that's important. I think uh, grabbing that cup of coffee and running out the door or, or taking the kid to school or whatever yeah. that is, I, it's an honor and pleasure to serve people, but sometimes you need to serve yourself first. So Absolutely. how do people begin to parse that? When do they realize suddenly they need to do things differently? Is that when the wheels come off? Or Unfortunately, <laughs> listening to Carol's talk, it, sometimes it is when they hit Vic- bottom. Victoria. Victoria. <laughs> it's it's uh, Care Patrol, yeah. Uh, thank you, Victoria. Thank you. 
listening to Victoria, yeah, sometimes it is when, when someone hits the valley, someone hits the bottom, when they have a heart attack or they have a stroke. But hopefully before then, they begin to intervene when they just notice chronic levels of stress, which is connected to cortisol, which is a stress hormone that's linked to inflammation and disease. And it's that low-grade chronic stress that actually gets us. That's what causes disease. And so hopefully for people being um, educated about what happens when we're under chronic stress, just because everyone is under stress doesn't make (laughs) it any less insane. And so I think we have a tendency in this culture to normalize it and kind of pat ourselves on the back when we say, I'm so stressed or I'm so busy. We kind of wear it like a badge of honor. It is not a badge of honor. Let me tell you, it's it's bloody and it's red and it's ugly. (laughs) Yes, thank you, Michael. That's right. Absolutely. And everybody's not important, and everybody doesn't think it's as important as you do individually. Like you said, people wear it as a badge of honor because, oh, I've got so much to do today. Yeah. And you just go, why? Exactly. <laughs> so exactly. Talk, talk about some of the ways that people can uh, begin to rely on their surroundings mm-hmm. to help them identify the factors which are dangerous. You know, we, mm-hmm. we jokingly talked, talk, not jokingly, talked about heart attacks a little earlier, but mm-hmm. there's a lot of things other than heart attacks yes. that are, are, are manifesting themselves in our daily lives. Absolutely. So if we're thinking about business, you know, coming into work, we call this presenteeism, people showing up for work, but they can't focus, they can't produce, they lost innovation, they're having disrupted uh, team dynamics, conflicts on the team. Those are some red flags that happen in the business world. And so um, Dennis and I created something called the four C's of mindfulness, calm, compassion, clarity, and choice. And one of the things that we can all do is look at what choices we're making. So we've got just the advent of technology, and we all love technology, and we need it. But we're seeing now that people in corporate America are taking breaks on their technology, and that's a choice. (laughs) Not from their technology, but on their technology. On their technology, (laughs) and then they come back to their desk, and they're more frazzled, less able to focus than they were before the break. Well, it's, it's, it, I love the thing that's called airplane mode. Right. <laughs> yes. it, yeah. Nothing will come through. <laughs> and you can just you can sit there and still look at your device, but it's not going to interrupt you. Yes. So in terms of uh, you, your, your services to the public, if you will, I know that you and, you and your husband both have a lot of those initials after your name, so you're highly educated. But how do you get that education out to the marketplace? I mean, that's one of the things I think you're proud of. Uh, but public seminars, private seminars, specialty mm-hmm. things. Talk about where people could seek Mm-hmm. your kind of help. Yeah, so we, we do a lot to try to get our message out there. And I was just speaking of technology. This is the upside of technology. We do use it to get our message out there to people, not just in the Atlanta area, but around the country, around the globe. So we use um, social media marketing and video to educate people about the downfalls of not engaging in their mindful mojo um, and what the benefits are if they will take that time and create a ritual and a discipline to make choices that are connected to their highest and best selves. We also do a lot of um, speaking in corporate America. That's where the majority of the people are. And so we love to go in and speak to groups and, and educate them on what Mindful Mojo is and how it can help them. Now, I know you talked about preparing and getting and working with technology. I know that you've had the honor and privilege lately of uh, you and Dennis were able to do a a TEDx. So uh, that had to be pretty stressful, right? It was really stressful. We had to put our mindfulness to use. (laughs) Talk us through a little bit about the experience of what took you toward the event and how the event worked and and then what's been the result you mm-hmm. you slipped in that fact about even though I'm a mindful person I do the social media mm-hmm. so how have you been rewarded by your efforts uh, to look at a TEDx presentation and what kind of 
experience was it for you? It was a dream come true. I've always been a TEDx fan. I listen to them all the time in the car when I'm cleaning, you know, and I just am always inspired by the many different speakers and the topics that are covered. And so when we were selected, and basically we were selected based on our work in the community, I'm a licensed psychotherapist and a Center Beth executive coaches. We also do a lot of work with cancer patients. For the last decade, we've been working with cancer patients and teaching them mindfulness. And so we were selected for for that reason, and it was a lot of work. And the other <laughs> thing is, and Michael, you were there, you were in the audience. It's one take. Right. You got to do it. That's it. And we don't own the video, so it was nerve wracking. It is literally only fifteen minutes of fame. Yeah, it was <laughs> and the, you had to share it with your husband. Yeah, yes, exactly. <laughs> but it was a great day. Georgia State yeah. did a great job of putting that together. It was some very fabulous content, which now belongs to the to the world. That's yes, what Ted that's was right. started for. Yes. Uh, Rich, uh, are you getting mindful over there? Well, it's just interesting. I just listening to these three guests the uh the, the it's turned into the box the business doctors radio show where uh we've heard from healthcare, we've heard from your mental your mental care and we're, we're next our next guest is going to be talking about not just uh hair care but uh what angela's just talked about cancer treatment wait till you hear from the next guest yeah, about what do she's that. doing in that in that space and as Wonderful. we wrap up angela go ahead and put your contact information out to the market so it can be uh, on our channel sure you can reach us at 404-949-9500 or our website is path to bestself.com path to bestself.com I, li- I like that i think i'm going to try to practice on that one so thank you again for being with us this morning angela i'm michael moore here for the buckhead business show on pro business channel and Guess what? Our middle name is business. So we're going to talk about the business of this health process. But I've got Dr. Erica Gamble with me, and, and she's got a very interesting story, as Rich alluded to. It's from the, uh, the experience of what she's been going and gone through, but also the result of that. Because we were all looking for a personal way we can give back, and it's certainly a servant leadership environment that drove Dr. Gamble to uh, the result of her business. So tell us a little bit about what got you involved and as much of your story as you want to share, and then we'll move into some questions. Okay, um, I actually started uh, The Wig Doctor, which is the name of my business. I actually started it with a whole different uh, idea in mind. So I have been wearing wigs since high school, right, just for fun, just to to change up my looks and, uh, you know, just to be different. So uh, when I built my home, um, of course, my closet space was not large enough for all the mannequins and all the wigs. And, now, and, and, now, and, now I've heard it all. Heard we feel your closet, pain. Yeah, so Michael and I have the closet. same problem. Yeah, yeah okay. now, now I've got a wig closet. Okay. So, yeah, right, exactly. I wanted a wig closet. My husband said no. And so, you know, he looked at me and he said, listen, we're going to have to do something with these ladies because that's what I call my ladies. And, the ladies. Um, yeah, the ladies needed their own space. And so, you know, I thought about it. I said, you know, every time I go out and I wear a wig, people always ask me, you know, how, oh my, I love your hair or what color is that or how did you do that? They don't realize that it's a wig. And so I would say, it's a wig, it's a wig, it's a wig. And <laughs> I've even taken wigs off of my head, actually, literally, and, and given it to oh, someone. Oh, no, here's the give so, it so, Michael, get ready. Yeah. Right, right, here you go. So, you know, I, when I opened up my doors, I thought that I would service people who were like me, just for fun, girls' night out, Halloween, whatever it was. However, um, the first three weeks, the women who were walking in were not like me. The women who were walking in were coming from the cancer treatment center saying, I have two weeks until I start my therapy, and the doctor says I'm going to lose my hair. Now, for me, Mm -hmm. that was breathtaking because I'm thinking, I'm not here for that. I'm here for fun, and this (laughs) is, you know, and that's the direction my business took. 
So I I never really saw women who wanted to just have fun with these things. <laughs> um, I I was I was getting people who were sick or who had uh, experienced hair loss or who were going through just different things in their life where they wanted to continue to feel good and look better. Mm-hmm. And so that's how really the wig doctor was born. Well, so now you've changed from a little bit of fun, again, as we chat about, to a little bit of service. Yes. But, uh, and you're located here in Buckhead? I am in Marietta. You're in Marietta. Yes. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll slip you on the Buckhead. Now she's in Buckhead, yeah. Because now we, I'm we, Buckhead, yeah. we probably don't have a wig doctor in Buckhead, <laughs> so now you've started a new trend, right? That's it. I actually do travel a lot. Well, um, I'm sure that you, you, make, you make house calls. Yes. Because I, I have had, uh, I've had experiences through Scottish Rite before in, in children's health care. With the with the youth, I mean, with women and, and and mature women and hair, it's one issue. But when you start talking about a nine year old child or a four year old child, they don't really understand what it means to lose the hair because uh, they just have never had the Absolutely. other side of it. So I'm sure you can service a lot of folks. But uh, I had a curly hair before. Could you get me a curly wig? Back? I sure can. Okay. In that color. In, in that color too. Well, this is called old white. <laughs> it's not like bright white. It's old white. <laughs> And so we so, can make that. Rich. So talk to us about your your again your business model. I mean, how do you acquire customers? Uh, uh, do you have opportunities to give back to the community? And uh, we got to do shout out before we forget to uh, to uh, Sean and uh, Brandy, right? Yes. That made a connection <laughs> and uh, a little teaser for E Focus TV, right? Yes, E Focus <laughs> TV. Sean and Brandy, I love them. You, they're, you they're did great. some good spots for them. I understand. Yes, yeah, they're, they're and then wonderful. You had some fun. I yeah, mean, that was some really fun. what that was all about. Lots of fun. So the business uh, again when I started, I didn't realize that my clientele uh, were going to be mainly people who are dealing with cancer. Um, And I don't just deal with women. I want to make that clear. Children, as Mm -hmm. you mentioned, um, are a small part of it. There's slight problems with children and and wigs because, as we know, we live in a a pretty cruel world. And Mm -hmm. so when kids are going through it and they show up at school and they have a hairpiece on, it's not always the best experience. And so uh, we've been working with a lot of different um, hairstylists who have techniques to actually give them the looks that they need because it's really hard for kids. As adults, you know, we think kids are a little bit more resilient, but in that area, they're really not. No. Personal, um, personal appearance is, is tantamount if yes. you're a seventh-grade girl. <laughs> yes, and kids can be cruel, and I've had children who've had wigs pulled from their mm-hmm. hair because of the other kids know, and so we really try to make sure that we model exactly what they need and what's going to work for them. Um, um, however, I do see men as well. Um, and so it was interesting, the first man that walked into my doors, you know, and I, and I, I laugh now because he's a good client of mine. But he walked in with a trench coat on, eyeglasses, he had on a hat, you know. And I'm thinking, what, what is this, this Inspector Gadget? Yeah. 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 I'm being investigated in. already. Oh, right. Right. And it was hilarious because, again, I was new to this. And yeah. so I looked at him and I just, I, I just started to laugh. And, then, and he started to laugh, you know. And he's mm. like, I don't want anybody to see me coming in here. And I'm like, oh, right, okay. Right. So what are we doing? Well, I, 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 have, I have a cute story that I was with a gentleman who just retired uh, from GMAC. And this is a funny wig story. He is 65 years old, 66 years old. He lost his hair starting at age 22. He has worked for GMAC the, his, his whole life. But he was an outside guy, so he never really worked in the office. When it came time for retirement, they had no idea he'd been wearing a wig all this year. All his customers knew, but his people. Wow. And at his, at his retirement party, he said, the big highlight of my, of my career, he said, I pull my wig off. 
oh, as I retired wow. from the company. Wow. And he said, you cannot believe the amount of response I got on both sides because his customers loved it. It was funny. Yep. His employees, his, his shocked. fellow, were shocked. Yeah. So that really puts the perspective of we don't really understand what the other person goes through. I am so, thank, so thankful that you're in this business. That's yeah, me too. I, I, I Even really, though you got there for fun, right? I got there for fun, <laughs> but you know what? It really, it really shows you that sometimes you don't know who you're going to service and who you're going to impact because it has impacted the community tremendously. Um, one of the biggest things that I do is I do, I just started a wig recycle program. Oh, wow. So what happens is a lot of times when, when the, when the uh, patient is diagnosed with cancer and the doctor tells them they're going to lose their hair, they immediately run. Okay. Mm-hmm. They run in and they, they want to buy every wig on the shelf. Mm-hmm. They want to spend a lot of money. They want to, you know, they're mm-hmm. nervous. And so I've had clients who come in and they spend, you know, a couple thousand dollars on wigs but after treatment and after things get back to normal they call me and say hey i got all these wigs (laughs) now what yeah now what (laughs) and so i said now what well the now what is we're going to bring those wigs back and we're going to give those wigs to a woman who might not be able to afford a wig or a child or a man and then we're going to recycle them and so that's what i do Richard's got an idea. He's going to do a Wig of the Week program. <laughs> wig of the Week. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> All right. Uh, we're, going re- we're going to reboot the Wig Party from back in the uh, 1700s, <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Maybe, but, uh, maybe Rich for President, the Wig Party. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of President, I'm going to do a Donald Trump's wig or whatever. What oh, he's got ooh. going on, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but uh, talk to us about uh, maybe Pivot, and we'll finish. Uh, well, I do have one last roundtable question for everyone. Uh, what's a good day look like for you and your business? Before we do that, we want to definitely hear uh, how people get in touch with you and find out about your business. Okay. Um, my website is www.wigdoctor, and that's W-I-G-D-R.com, or you can reach me at 678-600-4568. Great. All right. Well, thank you so much for being with us, Doctor. The Doctor of Wigs. We've, yeah. had, we've had it all down. Yeah, thank you. So, Angela, what's a good day look like for you and your business? Hmm. A good day for me, you know, it, I have kind of a patchwork quilt business. So I may work with cancer patients in the morning, go into corporate and do a, a training in the afternoon, and then see clients in private practice in the evening. Wow. The whole gamut. Yes. <laughs> um, and for Victoria, mm-hmm. a.k.a. Carol? <laughs> <laughs> well, a good day for me is to get an opportunity to meet with a family and figure out a good solution for their loved one and then actually get that loved one placed into either assisted living or memory care, and then follow back up and find out that they're really adjusting well. That's a good day for me. Right. I mean, I see the synergy. I think yeah. all these ladies could work together, right? I think we've had an amassing here. Help the whole, uh, the whole person, right, from all aspects. Uh, yes. And um, so, um, so talk to us about maybe not a good day, but um, do you do any parties or any fun wigs <laughs> as well? Right I now? do, but you know what? I will say a good day for me I, when when a client comes in and she's coming from her cancer treatments or right. therapy or being diagnosed and she's in tears and she's upset and her husband is with her. But then when I can get them together, get them to refocus, get her that new hair unit. And make her feel good and look better. That's a, that's an awesome day for me. That's, that's got to be just yeah. a perfect day. Well, wow, you're right, Rich. I think we've kind of knitted some folks together here today. We and certainly, I you might not have met each other individually out there in the marketplace. So, thank you for sharing your business model with us. Thank you for sharing a great day, and thank you for being part of the Buckhead Business Show here in. This is kind of the center of the universe, isn't it? It is right now, yeah. It is right now. <laughs> so I'm Michael Moore. It's been good to be with you today. We thank you, ladies, for being with us. Rich, thanks for spinning those buttons and knobs and making this thing even better. <laughs> Absolutely. We'll see you at the next BBA event. Right. Buckheadbusiness.org. 
Thank you again for joining us and our guests on Bar Talk Radio. Use the social media links here to share today's show and stay tuned for the next episode of Bar Talk Radio. Brought to you in part by the United States Bartenders Guild Atlanta Chapter. Connect on Facebook at Atlanta USBG Chapter or visit usbg.org. Thank you for joining us and our guests on the Pro Business Channel. Use the social media links here to share today's show and stay tuned for the next episode of the Buckhead Business Show. Brought to you by the Buckhead Business Association.